Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Are you looking for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Jason Dupree. Hey, and I'm Anna Landry. You are listening to OCR Talk. We're here for with our second episode. First one went really well. Uh, uh, Anna, what'd you think about it? I got a lot of really good feedback on it. I was really excited to to hear it. I hope we weren't too boring, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I listened to it, you know, probably about a hundred times, not really, but when I was editing it and whatnot, and I eventually was listening to the final version of it multiple times and was like, man, this is really boring to me, but turns out it wasn't. It was actually not bad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> After you listen to it about maybe the 10th or 11th time, maybe, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for one time run through, it was okay. Yeah. I hope people listened into the intro and enjoy the uh, you know the joke that we had in there about O R M O C M O. You know we had a lot of acronyms in there, and for those that may not know, two of those were real, and two of them were just a mix up of all the different letters. Yeah, I I got several questions about that, and I said no, those are just <laughs> random. Just making sure you're paying attention. <laughs> really, that's awesome. I think we would want to start out by just continuing to kind of introduce ourselves a little bit. So let's just do a, a question, you know, each time and, and give a little bit more info about who we are and where we come from and whatnot. And then we've got a lot of good topics to talk about. We're going to get into some Tough Mudder su- stuff, some Spartan stuff, even a little bit of Rugged Maniac. What do you think? I think it sounds good. Hopefully every episode won't be an hour, but right now we've just got a lot of topics to talk about because this is our only our second episode. So... <laughs> Yeah, but that first one was just a week ago, right. and it seems like so much has happened already. Yes, it because it has. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has happened. All right, well, let's hurry up. Let's get into it. <laughs> so I, I want to start out and just say, what you know, what is one of your earlier defining moments in obstacle racing? 
the last episode, I think I got into my first Spartan race in Austin. And I kept saying 2015, but I meant to say 2016. That's actually whenever I really got down and dirty into some races. But probably one of the best races I ever had was the battle race in Mandeville last year in 2017, part of the battle race series. I was running Warzone, which for those of you that don't know, it's the multi-lap option. You just go all day and just complete as many laps as you can. I was just, you know, doing my thing, kind of running along and I went out for my third lap and usually the the crowd kind of dwindles by then and there was another girl running with me and I could have sworn I saw her on some earlier laps, but she comes up to me and she's running by me and she's like, hey, what lap are you on? I'm like, oh, I'm on my third lap. She looks at me. She's like, oh yeah, me too. (laughs) And we just kind of, okay, (laughs) we're doing this. How much time was left in the day? It was, um, it was our third lap. So we still had enough time for maybe two more laps, maybe. Okay. I can't remember exactly what time of day it was. It was probably around noon, if I had to say, because it was just getting really hot. So we were both on our third lap and I just took off. (laughs) I was like, okay, competition is on. This is real. (laughs) So I just hammered out some obstacles and ran the course as best I could. But every single time I was, I was finishing an obstacle, she was just starting it. So she was right on my tail. And I came in through the pit area and I was refueling and I was, I was toast. It was hot and I was tired and I needed hydration, so. This was one of the hottest races I can remember, yeah, for sure. I think it was in June or July in New Orleans, yes. Like you really looked forward to the parts of the race where they took you out into the lake. Yes, <laughs> yes. or you just voluntarily jumped in. <laughs> so we were in the pit area, and I was trying to figure out if I was going to go out on a fourth lap because she still hadn't come in quite yet. So the chrono track lady, the timing lady was like, you know, if you go on on that fourth lap, it's yours, you know, it's in the bag. But if you don't, you know, there's always a chance she could decide to go out on her fourth lap and and that's it. You'll just, you'll just have forfeited the win. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I was like, okay, I'm not even going to think about it. Not even going to think about it. I'm just going to do it. Just don't think, just do. <laughs> so <laughs> I grabbed a gel and I grabbed a waffle and... My boyfriend, Daniel, started chasing me around the course with like hydration or whatever I needed, mustard packets, and I just took off. And I was like, okay, I just need to go. So I just, if I'm, if I'm tired later on in the course, I'll just deal with it then. So I just went. She was a, pretty close behind me. She went out pretty much right after I blew through the pit area. I didn't pit for long, maybe five minutes at the most. Whenever I started, she started right behind me. And I was like, I, I just got to keep going, just got to keep going. And can't look behind me, just got to worry about running my own race. So I just kept going. And a few obstacles later, I'm like, hmm, I haven't seen her in a while. <laughs> but I didn't want to get caught up in it because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get lax and, you know, get complacent. Yeah, I ended up finishing and the heat, the heat got to both of us. I mean, I was just exhausted. But yeah, the heat took it out of her. And I ended up winning that race. <laughs> <laughs> but it was probably one of the closer war zone races I've I've ever had. <laughs> okay, so that it sounds I mean that's an awesome race, very close, you know, it always makes for a good story. What about that race was defining to you besides it being 
a good race, did it really spark something oh, in you? Oh, for sure. Definitely. I think my boyfriend Daniel will tell you this too. Like, I think a, a switch flipped in me that day. Like, I kicked it into a gear that I didn't even know I had. And I, I mean, whenever I finished that third lap, I thought I did not have any more in me. I, I, I just, I was ready to give up. I was just ready to give in and just say, screw it. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. <laughs> but like something inside me just flipped. It was, it was the weirdest thing. It was just my brain just shut off and I dug down deep inside and I didn't know I even had that in me. So yeah, finding out how far you can really push yourself. Uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. And that was the biggest part of it because you get to that point and you really are convinced that that's it. That's all you have. But then whenever you're motivated to keep going, somehow you find a way to just find an inkling of motivation inside you, of gas left inside you just to go. Right. And I think people that get addicted to OCR as we have, that's kind of one of the big reasons. It's either camaraderie or you realize that you've got more to give than you ever thought. Definitely. I absolutely agree. And you can keep growing. You can always keep growing and yes, finding new because goals. because once I made it past that point, I'm like, okay, so now how far can I really push myself? <laughs> Hence the world's toughest mutter this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good place to find it. <laughs> so for me, it was a couple of moments. I think one is my very first obstacle race that got me started. It was just a small local race. It was actually a play dirty, but it was in New Orleans at the Zephyr Stadium. And I just, I was having issues with my knee, uh, IT band issues, but I still ran and still ran kind of hard, you know, like just my normal pace so that I could. And I ended up getting 10th overall for the day. And not that that is a very competitive race, but it was still surprising. It's like, wow, I actually have a little bit more uh, speed than I thought I did. So that really got me started. But one of the biggest moments that took me from doing just a few races a year to being like, I can't stop doing this was uh, went to Tahoe in 2015 for the world champ Spartan world championships. And it, this was before I started doing competitive for every single race. And cause we did a group with like uh, Sid and, you know, some of the people from the battle six eleven group. So we were all running together and by the time we got to the top of the mountain, it was middle of the day and they had started us late because, uh, you know, everything was just pushed back. So we started about one o'clock instead of 12. And so by the time we were up on top of the mountain, the wind was picking up and it was just really cold. And there was that lake swim up on top of the mountain. And I chose to swim through it instead of doing 90 burpees. And I did. And when I got out, it was like, all right, I got to get moving because my friends, Mark, uh, some of the other guys, they were all doing the burpees. And I said, I got to move. So I left left them and went on to the next section. And it was like a, a gauntlet of barbed wire crawl, wall, barbed wire crawl, wall, barber, like back and forth barbed wire crawls like five or six times. And as I'm under the barbed wire, it starts to hail on us. So the, the wind, like the sun is gone. The hail is just pounding on us. And I start just shaking and everybody's trying to find a way to get warm. People are like hopping in trucks to get off the mountain. And it was just nuts. And it was one of those moments where it's like, I never want to do this again. <laughs> but uh, Mark caught up with me and 
we actually ended up huddling with uh, a couple of Asian guys that we did not know and just all huddled together to get warmth. And eventually we were just like, all right, we just got to go. And so we went and we, you know, eventually, you know, we finished the race. We got down the mountain and I remember just being like all at once, just get off this mountain. And then the next day, like after I had gone home or I was on the way home or something, I just remember thinking to myself, man, I just want to be on that mountain again right now, which just sounds ridiculous because it's like it was so miserable. But the thing was, I knew that I could do it better. I could do it well, better prepared. You know, if I would have known that it could have gotten like that, I would have brought a windbreaker or something. So situations like that have really always prepared me for going into things like World's Toughest Mudder or some of the longer uh, battle races or some of the harsher Spartan races like the Ultra Beast this past year in, in Dallas. But just knowing, hey, go prepared and it'll be all right. It won't be as miserable as it could possibly be in the hail. So that was that was when I realized that I just wanted to keep doing it, even though I got that miserable and I could do it better. That's when it really changed for me, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way in Tahoe even last year <laughs> when, they, when they extended the beast to I think it was I think it was just under 17 miles that my Garmin had after yeah. I did the beast. Yeah, that course took me just under seven hours just to complete a beast. That was that was a rough course. But wow. I mean, it's beautiful up there. That's awesome. Cool. Well, uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover. That's uh, just a little bit more about us. We'll get into something new next week. Maybe people can post a question and they have for us on our Facebook page. And for those that haven't heard yet, facebook.com slash OCR talk is where we got our Facebook page and we're going to be posting topics so that uh, everybody can kind of join in on the conversation. We haven't really gotten much response on that this time, but we got room to grow, right? Y'all don't be scared. Just There's no stupid questions <laughs> or comments, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not afraid to hear people say, hey, what you said about that was wrong or something. So you know, let us know. All right, let's get into some Tough Mudder stuff. We got some interesting things happening this past week. Of course, last weekend, as we already mentioned, Tough Mudder West got canceled. You know, we were talking about it on Sunday, and we weren't sure if the Sunday races got canceled too, but it mm-hmm. turns out they did. The topic that came up was, is it going to get rescheduled? And I know Will Hicks on the World's Toughest Podcast, he covered this a pretty good bit, but he gave up good reasons, places of where they could do it. But then at the same time, I saw somebody got an email from Tough Mudder headquarters and they said, we are not planning on rescheduling it at this time. As far as we know right now, it's not going to get rescheduled. It's just going to be, you know. Yeah, and I That's think the participants be. got an email saying that you can transfer your registration to the toughest South, toughest, any of the other toughest events, but they didn't mention if it would transfer if you wanted to travel overseas and do it. So there was right. a question about that there too. Yeah. So you could still transfer your registration, no problem, to another toughest event within the US, but who knows if you wanted to go over to Europe and do it. You never know. I guess all you'd have to do is ask. All they could say is no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So one of the things about Tough Mudder that's changed because of the whole competitive aspect of it is the the very first wave is now called Tougher Mudder. So that's the competitive heat. So you pay a little bit extra for that. And then the 8 o'clock wave, because that one starts at 745, the 8 o'clock wave is now called First Mud. In the past, 
the world's toughest community would go and meet up and have like a little reunion at every race and run the very first wave together. But now you have to pay a little premium for that, that first mud, which it is. I mean, it is worth it to pay the extra money because you're getting a clean course. And so I completely understand. Yeah, relatively that clean. You, you have know, the competitive wave that goes out first. But yeah, I, <laughs> I would pay extra just to get a clean course. Whenever I signed up for New Orleans last year, I wanted to do that. But we didn't really know how the weather was going to be anyway. So I wasn't going to pay a premium just if it was going to rain, you know, anyway. But um, I mean, it ended up being okay because we ended up jumping into one of the earlier waves. So it wasn't it really wasn't bad. With the tougher, with the competitive wave too, that goes towards the Holy Grail. And I was trying to think if the Holy Grail, it's not like a trifecta to where it has to be within a calendar year, correct? Like Within a single year? I don't know. I think it's within a calendar year. Does it have to be completed within a calendar year though? Or does it have to be, or can it be like spread out? I think it's like all 2018, but I could be wrong about that. Okay. I was just yeah. curious about that. Maybe somebody uh, somebody out there listening can give us clarification on that. Definitely. I know people out there have gotten some holy grails, so mm-hmm. I want people's input on that because I want to know. <laughs> so the, the, I think, interesting thing is that the people that want it, those earlier ways, but don't want to pay that extra, now they really don't have an option because when you sign up, there is no, here, I want 9 o'clock or I want 8.30. So now you just are whatever time they give you. Yeah, and I know they try their best, just like Spartan does, to kind of group all the teams together. Yeah. On the earlier earlier start waves, but yeah, I know whenever you go to register, you can your only two options are a morning wave or an afternoon wave. <laughs> so um, it's kind of a crapshoot. You just kind of have to get what they give you, or do what like what we did last year. And kind of just hang out at the starting line, get there early. And if there's not enough people to start that wave, they'll kind of fill in the fill in the empty spots with people that are on standby that want to run earlier. So yeah, and and they did that last year, and I guess you know it's yet to be seen if they're going to do that this year. So we'll find out this weekend. Yep, first Tough Mudder this weekend. Speaking of which, the Tough Mudder New Orleans is going to have the two lap course design, so it's going to be. Two five-mile loops, and some of the obstacles will overlap, and then some of them will be side-by-side. So you'll see, you know, like Blockness Monster right next to, I forget what it is, but let's just say uh, Berlin Walls or something like that. So on your first lap, you'll do one obstacle, and on your second lap, you'll do the other obstacle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they released the order of things today. So they released the course map, and then they released, like, what obstacles are going to be on your first and second lap. Yeah. And as we've looked at the two different maps and compared them, you can actually see that it is actually more obstacles per course. So even though technically there's less obstacles, you do more obstacles. I think it shows 29 on the map. And then last year was like 22 or something like that. Yes. 29. I'm looking at the map right now. (laughs) It's 29 obstacles. And yeah, there are some obstacles that repeat your first lap and then your second lap. My question is, and this is not on the topic of the two laps, but for the people that are running the competitive wave, like things like the hero carry, they just don't do the hero carry. Right. They do something like carry a tire or something like that. Log or something. Okay. 
Yeah. I mean, it may, it may be nothing, but it may be something just different and special. I'm hoping, well, I think everybody really liked how last year they did for Arctic Enema. They had you carry the ice bag like half a mile before you got to Arctic Enema. Then you would break it open, pour it down the chute yourself, and then jump in right, right behind it, which is pretty <laughs> cool. But there's no Arctic Enema on the course, at least not from yes. the no Arctic enema, which if it's going to be hot this weekend, man, that, that would probably be the best part of the course. But. Yeah, I won't complain. It, it gets cold. <laughs> no. So we got our podcast out on Stitcher and iTunes being the two biggest ones and a couple other places like it's on Anchor and Pocket Cast, which I've never even heard of before. <laughs> but uh, on iTunes, you know, one of the things that some of the other podcasts love to do is talk about how many reviews they have. I... Uh, and, and, and happy to say that we've already passed up World's Toughest Podcast in number of reviews. And now we're the number one rated. Just kidding. That's all a lie. Uh, we got <laughs> one. We got <laughs> we got one review this past uh, week. And it was from our buddy Sid Morris out at the uh, Battle 611 group. And he said, our podcast is great people, great podcasts. Love how it's mar- not marketed as OCR media, but as discussion on what's up with everything OCR. And he gave us five stars. And there's my <laughs> you, Will. Will Hicks uh, <laughs> impression. And just so that he can fill out his soundboard with more five stars, uh, you want to go ahead and give yours? Five stars. Not bad. <laughs> How's that? Not bad? Yeah, All right. that was pretty good. Um, <laughs> I've been practicing. I want to hear Will put yours next to Rhea Kobel's because it sounds, I think it's kind of close. It does sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, if you if you want to leave us reviews, you do that. That's awesome. We appreciate it. I guess other podcasts, it's a driving force because it makes you show up more in searches or more easily, I guess. But yeah, we're too new to even care about any of that stuff right now. <laughs> Just come talk to us on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's the better place. If you as as they all say, you know, if you love us or you really like this, show it by doing this. Well, if you really enjoy it, come talk to us on our Facebook page and uh, join in the conversation there. That's what we speaking love. of. I know we have our Instagram account set up. Yes. Are you going to be setting up a Twitter account and maybe live tweeting or Instagramming from the race this weekend? I would like to know what people would enjoy more. Like, would they rather see pictures from the race or like uh, the Instagram story? Story. Would they rather see that or would they rather get tweets? I mean, tweets can have pictures, right? Yeah, but they're links. I don't know. It's been so long since I've been on Twitter. I've, I've used Instagram way more. So, Yeah, I think we might stick with Instagram for now and, and, and unless we hear people. If you think that you'd rather see us on Insta- on Twitter, then let us know. But for now, every time we go to a race, we're going to break out our phones and do some Instagram Snaps and no, nope, that's the wrong thing. That's a different thing. Yeah, Snapchat. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll do that. Uh, you know, I'll be in New Orleans this weekend, so we'll get some from there. Which will be really yeah, cool. stories or fa- maybe even Facebook Live every now and again. Yeah. So y'all tell us what y'all want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we shall deliver. What I'd like to talk about next is Rugged Maniac. Have you have you ever run one? I haven't. I wanted to. I wanted to do Austin last year. But um, my schedule was Spartan full, so <laughs> I didn't get to do Rugged Maniac. But I have seen their new obstacles with the – I checked out the the link with the 
interactive models. Yeah, very cool. Very cool that you can go in there and, and rotate and, and really get a sense for what the obstacle is going to be like before ever even seeing it. Right. And they're, I mean, they're very simple pictures, but it gives you a really good idea as far as what the obstacle is going to look like and what you need to do. So how about the fact that they have five new obstacles this year, whereas some other brands has two or less? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if Spartan has any this year. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so either. They I have think grips they, on Twister. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's their, <laughs> that was their, new that's thing. their innovation. <laughs> Either that or they make it longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think they're just trying to be a little bit more innovative because I know a lot of people have been giving Spartan kind of some trouble about, Oh, you need to come up with new obstacles, new obstacles, new obstacles. But then people are, I mean, some people are, fine with the obstacles that they have. But I think some of these smaller races, especially if you're trying to attract new people and attract a lot more people that may not know about your brand, you know, I think it's a really good, um, good idea to, to put it out there and like, oh, it's just something different than walls and monkey bars and things like that. Yeah, there is a different mindset on the two different routes. And there's a different style. There's different people that you're marketing to with that. Some people prefer it one way. Some people prefer it another. Overall, innovation, you know, it is a big discussion in the sport uh, altogether. So that really is where I think it's funny to talk about these new obstacles, because even though they're new obstacles, they've got some very familiar ideas behind them. They do. And I was thinking that as well, whenever I was looking at the at the obstacles. I'm Well, like, for example, the, uh, the pole position. Mm-hmm. So... They describe it as a teamwork obstacle, um, requires a good amount of upper body um, if you want to complete it solo, but it's basically you pull yourself up onto a five foot tall platform. Kind of like an Irish table, but not as, you know, it's not just a a single board. It's a, a, yeah, a platform. Yeah. And so people can help you up onto the platform if you need help. But once you're on the top of that platform, you can slide down a firefighter's pole like on the other side. I know Spartan did it with some of their obstacles where they put a platform in front of like some of their cargo net obstacles where you had to jump up onto the platform before you could climb onto the cargo net. Things like little things like that. Yeah. And and, ju- and sliding down a fire pole, it's not like that's never been done. It's actually like one of the staples at the very end of the uh, toughest races in Europe. But it's fun. I mean, who doesn't like sliding down a pole? Yeah, <laughs> a fire bowl, firefighters bowl. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of a lot of their obstacles do have uh, some familiarity to them. Yeah. So then another one is mind the gap. Th- this one's probably the one of the more unique ones in a way. But they say it's a big inflatable, which is kind of inflatables are always fun. So it would just be a like six foot climb with like holds, and then there's a platform or a section in it where you actually have to jump over some water in the middle of an inflatable, which that actually in itself sounds kind of unique. Like I've never seen something like that, but then after the water, you climb up some more and then at, uh, on the backside, you just slide on down. Yeah. The, the little four foot trench with the water in it, you have to jump over that. The only thing that I would wonder is if, I mean, it's a big inflatable. So the holds on the other side, you're having to jump across this big four foot trench, but 
are those holds on the other side on an inflatable going to be that easy to like grip onto to where you're not going to just bounce off the wall (laughs) and fall into the water? (laughs) I mean, that's what I envision happening whenever I attempt it. And I imagine most people would either that or just, you know, jump into the water and then climb their way out and slide down the other side. Yeah. And that Austin race is so late into the year. I I definitely don't have it on my calendar right now, but it might have to be one of those where it's like, all right, this weekend's free. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. One of those fun. Yeah. I have a free weekend. Let's go. So another one off the rails is like a reverse. I forget what it's called. The, The one that you always see at obstacle course racing world championships where it's just a zipline type deal where it's not a zip line, but you're holding on to the bar and you slide down the rail and you got to hop over the little bumps. It's like backwards from that because you actually have to go up uphill uphill. So yeah, you have to run and grab this thing and then slide uphill on the uh, rail and hit a bell at the end and then drop in the water, which that seems like a good time. And it's, I think it's a good, like I said, it's like something else, but it's definitely different enough that it it's it's unique for sure i mean and landing in the water that's i mean you're usually you try and avoid the water but (laughs) right you're aiming for it this time yeah you just get a running start and grab the grab the rope and just swing your way across uh sled dog is another one that is you're pulling a sled i mean we've seen that in many races even battle races have had that so nothing super new there but you know a little bit tougher obstacle for rugged maniac maybe they don't have a ton of those real strength based obstacles yeah i've never done one either so i it's not like i haven't seen in their pictures where you have like a lot of heavy carries like log carries or farmers carries or things like that so just adding a little a little variety in there and now that was four different ones the next the last one full tilt this one i think is my favorite out of the group of them because of how (laughs) it's similar to a obstacle that won the Tough Mudder uh, design your own obstacle competition. I think it was either last year or the year before, but didn't actually make it past testing. It's called Full Tilt, and if you look at the the model, it's basically a ladder that's hanging in the air, and you grab it on one side, and it pivots in the middle. So as you work your way up and get to the middle, it flips you know, directions and the, the, the top end comes down and then you work your way down. So it, once you make it to the middle, it's going to move. It's going to tilt. It's the ladder is going to pivot. I want to say, I, I thought I remember Savage Race having something similar to that. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure I could be wrong. Uh, it might've been in a couple years past, um, in, in Savage Race. I know Tough Mudders was, you actually had to get somebody to hold the ladder up so that when you got to the end of it, you were high enough to get onto the next platform. So it required teamwork, whereas this one doesn't, but still a very similar concept. And I know a lot of people like to do like the backwards on the monkey bars whenever they're having to go uphill versus downhill. So kind of be interesting to see if like people switch their grips or whatever. I don't know. This, this obstacle sounds the most fun <laughs> out of all their new obstacles. <laughs> Yeah, it does make me want to get down there and try it for sure. Let's switch gears to Spartan Race because they're so big and they do so many crazy things. Uh, <laughs> this week, you know, this past week, they announced the Trifecta Championships in, in Greece, which is cool. I mean, not only is in 
you know, in Sparta, but a trifecta weekend, which always sounds like a good time. Yeah, you get your most bang for your buck. I mean, you get to go overseas to Greece, first of all. <laughs> I mean, that's like a trip of a lifetime in itself. And do Spartan races all weekend and come away with yeah. probably a, a pretty spiffy looking special medal that they got designed for over there too for the trifecta championships. Yeah, I'd like to know, are they going to do like a point system or how's the championships going to be laid out, I guess? Is it going to be just a winner for each one or is there going to be an overall winner for the whole thing? I, that would be really cool to me. I mean, you never know. There's some elite racers out there that could very well win all three. <laughs> or if they're even going to incorporate their age groups too, their age group yeah. um, championships as well and do those um, those awards too. But yeah, that that's going to be kind of interesting to see because yeah, there's plenty of, well, not plenty of racers, but there's a few elite racers out there, especially on the Spartan Pro team that could definitely come away with a win on all three of those races. So I wonder right. if that would happen if somebody would sweep the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty crazy. But you might even see more Europeaners come out since it's out there anyways. Yeah, that brings in a whole new level of competition for everybody. You hold the Spartan World Championships over here, like in Tahoe, and most of your competitors are going to be from like Canada or the U.S., but you bring it overseas, and I mean, it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> another crazy thing is that they are doing another Spartan death race. Yeah. And it's really vague. It's really mysterious. I mean, we were looking at it. We were looking at it a few minutes ago, and we were both just trying to wrap our heads around it. Well, that that's the way they kind of started. So if they continue that air of mysteriousness, that would it would fit well. Yeah, and there's also that air of exclusivity. You know, right now, if you go complete in a gobi, that's like that's pretty top tier. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty big stuff. But now. The Agogi is going to be the qualifier in order to, <laughs> to participate in a death race. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I wonder what that's going to be all, all about. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. And, you know, if they do any more, any more marketing or anything like that, any more advertising on it. Because yeah. the way I found out about it, it was, it just popped up randomly on my newsfeed. And I'm like, huh. Interesting. I never even heard about this. So I'm like, okay, I'll click interested so I can follow what's going on with it. Yeah. And, and since OCR has grown so much in the media and, you know, Facebook Live and all that stuff is happening, that stuff wasn't happening when they were doing, at least not into the effect that it is now, it wasn't happening back then when they did the original death races. So it makes me wonder are they going to keep it quiet while the race is going or are they going to shine it? you know, to the, to everybody, to the masses with the social media and, and live streaming? I would hope so. But I mean, they don't really do any live streaming with like the Agogis. And I would, I would have imagined they would have done one with like China and whenever That's they true. went to all those kinds of exotic locations. I don't know. It says it's being put on by Joe and a team of Spartan Endurance members and also some unexpected guests. So yeah, I wonder who those those are going to be. It's just so well, mysterious. Well, it's like <laughs> yeah, we're intrigued for sure. It's definitely intriguing. Gets your attention. Whatever they're doing, it's working. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> the biggest craziest thing that I feel like I've ever seen come out of obstacle racing happened this past week, where Spartan put out a 
email that had a code to get a, a discount on all three races. It was for the Sprint, Super, and the Beast. And then it was a good price, you know, $99 for a Beast, which is awesome. But the funny thing is somebody said, hey, it works for the Ultra too. <laughs> and then everybody went nuts. I was like, oh my God, I have to say, <laughs> let me try this. I seriously, I tried it. And instead of the Ultra being $235 before fees, after all the fees, it was $125. It was literally $135 off. Yeah, that was insane. I mean, last year I had a a season pass, so I got like 55% off, I think, the Ultra Beast. So it's about that much? Yeah, actually. It was crazy, though, this this discount because... (laughs) I was like, let me try this. I, you know, my luck, I'm going to put in the discount code and Spartan will have already <laughs> realized their mistake and fixed it. But no, it worked. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I have to sign up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to sign up now. And the interesting thing is that a lot of times discount codes through Spartan don't work for elite heats. But this right. did because I, I registered for elite. And I was like, huh. Yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had already planned on doing the Dallas Ultra Beast again anyway because a lot of uh, a lot of my friends are doing it. I'm definitely doing it now. I'm 100% committed now. Yeah, I think a lot of us are, are super pumped for getting it for that price and and we're oh. probably going to do it anyways, but I'm glad I waited before I signed up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> before Spartan realized their folly and like, oh, well, too many people sign up now. So, <laughs> but I bet they got a lot of registrations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see if we can keep this thing under forty-five minutes since we talked about not making it an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, just real quick, one last thing: uh, OCRM and ORM. So, both of those groups are doing weekly recap videos now. Laura Mesner on OCRM, she's doing one, and Matt B. Davis is doing one on CBS's website. How cool is that? That is pretty cool. That is so cool. That mainstream media is getting in on it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Congrats to him for getting on that. It's super short, like, what, I don't know, a couple minutes, two, three minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a yeah. couple minutes. That's awesome. Good for him. And uh, the OCRM team seems like they're doing a good job. Uh, getting all that news out to everybody. So we hope to just kind of be part of that. But again, not to be, we're not your news. We're just, hey, did you not hear the news? Well, hey, we're we're just chatting about it. So <laughs> we stand for the the regular Joes. <laughs> Want to mm-hmm. talk about OCR. <laughs> That's right. Well, awesome. I feel pretty good about this episode. How about you? I like it. Don't forget, go to facebook.com slash OCR talk and join us there. Let's have some more conversations and Shoot, see you this weekend in, at Tough Mudder. Yep, have fun. <laughs> Enjoy it for me. Yeah, sorry. I'll be, I'll be at work this weekend, but, you know, I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Anna, anything else before we go? Oh, our Instagram is at OCR underscore talk and join our Facebook group. All right, Anna, take it easy. 